everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. So, you know, we record a little bit early, pre-Super Bowl, but I'm I'm there for the snacks. <laughs> I'm not there for people in the stands and photos. But I am there to see some of the wags and the actual players on what they come sauntering in the game wearing. It's a whole hype thing. Well, you don't really watch sports, but did you watch this sport? Do you plan to watch this sport? I I will have watched the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I'm in the Bay Area. Oh. So family is supporting <laughs> a team that, you know, maybe they'll have won. Maybe they've not. And it's a tough game. Um, so I'll see it. It'll be on. It'll be on. It'll be on. But I'm also pro snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, my children are pro Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh, so that will be... I think a, a feature. So you got two of them, Snacks and Taylor. Snacks and T-Swift. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what do you make of the sort of WAGS coverage that we've been seeing? I mean, we can't really escape yeah. custom outfits and such. Kristen Juszczyk making things happen for people. What, would you ever... Is this only because they're with these players that we can make sense of these outfits or or do you think that they would be popular IRL? You know, I think they definitely probably have the funding to like pull off (laughs) the incredible looks, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Like one I saw with like, it was exquisite and I think it was a chiefs and I don't think we're rooting for them collectively, but (laughs) um, like some denim with like, like chiefs color, red feathers sewn on them. And I was like, dang, that's okay. That's kind of cool. But I, you know, obviously Taylor has elevated the coverage of the wags because now there's wags with, you know, wags is kind of tragic, right? Wives and girlfriends of NFL players. We should come up with something else. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think now Taylor has elevated the whole group in the posse. So if you have the thought of like, I'm going to get some camera time or walk into the stadium time, you got to up your game. I mean, you can't be standing next to a news. No, like there's no hoodie. Like, and just like, hey, I got on some Jor- yeah. some Jordans. <laughs> Unless it's customized by Christian Yuschev. Fair. Um, and in which case, sure, then I guess it's happening. I just, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it being over for a minute. Um, but I'm very much looking <laughs> forward to that. I will say one of the wags that is an icon is Kylie Kelsey, because she has not folded under the pressure of her brother-in-law. She is like tried and true comes in mm-hmm. mom gear has all of the children with her or at home. And she's there to legit watch the game versus being watched at the game. Maybe fair. And her hair is always perfect too. So it is anyway. Well, speaking of that family, <laughs> um, much ado has been made of a Mr. Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and his haircut. Yes. New York Times talking about the Kelsey cut, etc. Um, it's resulted in him coming out and saying, hey, I never called it that. Like, this is something that's been put on me. Right. What's your firstly, not the controversy. Let's just talk about the haircut. Do we like the haircut? Do we do we want this to be named? No, not at all. I mean, I think it's pretty basic, don't you? I mean, well, I don't think there's anything that's <laughs> shocking about it. Do you? I mean, and you're right. We're not going to talk about the controversy, but it's it's just a basic fade. Like, it's a basic, like, 
Not that fades are easy. You must have an incredible professional do them. But I don't think it's 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 for the record books. I, I don't know. What about you? Yeah. No, I don't I don't like the haircut on him necessarily. I mean, I think it fits it suits him, but but yeah, I, I was glad that he came out and said, I'm not the one that is referring to it as this and you you maybe shouldn't either um so like good good for him yeah i think the connection to to taylor maybe some media training has happened and so good on them um yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know he's got a nice head of hair but what if what if you don't right men's are having a new hair moment and you know i was recently with a friend no names but they they were unabashedly excited about it who just had a hair transplant. They were like, yeah, it was thinning. Like it was receding. And I took it into my own hands. And then Mm -hmm. something popped into my feed where another gentleman, Timbaland, if you remember him (laughs) also in the news showing off his new hairline after getting a transplant, he was like, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to tell you about it. I saw it receding. Here's, here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Any hot takes on that? I mean, good for him. For I mean, like, firstly, there's no no shame. I think, like, right. we've said it. Like, if people want to do these things, like, all the power to them. Um, and if he feels better about himself, we love that. I feel like he's been using enhancements over the years to perfect mm. the hairline. So it's been hard. Like, I don't think it was noticeable yeah. that he was having a receding issue. Um but so, yeah, it was interesting that he came out and said it. Yeah. I'm excited that, like, we should destigmatize it. If you want to do that, do it. Like, yeah. Why, why the hell not? And if you can afford it, that's, I think, what's been exciting. He was like, I can work out. I can change my body. I can put in the time, but I can't change this. Like, I have to go to a professional. So there's no reason not to let men do it. Look good. Feel good. Invest in your beauty all around. Yeah. I think, like, with. The question is, would would you ever do it? Well, so I was going to say, um, I mean, certainly my hairline is, it's high, my, I mean, I've got a high forehead. My hairline has probably not changed much. It's sort of always been, but I wouldn't be against it is what I'm trying to get at. Right. I feel like social media in particular, there are lots of videos of people going yeah. either domestically or abroad to get these transplants. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I just don't think that's that strange or out of the question. Like, if, yeah. if I wanted to, I think I would. Great. Um, and it's nice that people are already doing the work of destigmatizing it because I don't think that it should be stigmatized anyway. Right. Women have been enhancing their hair for a very long time. Yeah. And now here we are. All right. So this week we're talking with Tiana Dillagard. Tiana is a licensed hairstylist and a sought after freelance session hair and makeup artist. Her portfolio includes work with high fashion models, renowned designers, and executives. Her clientele extends to pop singer, to Elvana Gallata, model Deandra Forrest, Chuck Collins, fashion brands, and many more. Working in two salons located in Jamaica, Queens, and Park Slope, Brooklyn, Tiana welcomes clients of all ethnicities, hair textures, and styles. On February 13th, she takes center stage as the key hairstylist for the highly anticipated Lawrence Bass New York Fashion Week show. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Now let's talk beauty news. Our editorial team is deep diving to get you the inside scoop from trending celebrity looks to the newest products and the biggest events happening week to week. Let's talk hair beauty culture. First up on thetease.com, 
I mean, we cannot escape this look, and I don't want to. Mm-mm. Same. So that is the spoiler for this entire segment. Uh, the article is called How Bob Racine Took Miley Cyrus to New Heights with Nexus Hair Care. She can buy herself flowers, but could Miley Cyrus do this now iconic blowout by herself? Definitely not. Enter hair and visual artist Bob Racine. Utilizing Nexus Hair Care styling products, Racine took Cyrus to New Heights, maybe another planet, for the 66th Annual Grammy Awards. Barbarella, but better. Posting to Instagram, Racine wrote, This last year, I featured Miley's wet look for hair. This year, we decided we wanted something dry and bigger, more fuller hair, but sexy and tousled and touchable. The result? A hairstyle for the ages. Kelly, mm. did you love this look? Did you hate this look too much? Where are you, where are you landing? No. Okay. Where is this no going? It was perfection on every level. All right. No, I absolutely loved it. I love Miley. I mean, her on stage was literal perfection. Her on the red carpet was perfection. I love her spontaneity, obviously her voice and all of her talents too, but this hair was to die. I feel like this is some this is some hair that I aspire to. Mm-hmm. It's going to hold up. I'm so excited. Like, I mean, we've said this on the pod, like we want weird hair for 2024. Let's do it. Like we're sick of boring stuff. And like she electrified the red carpet. Yeah. She looked incredible on stage. It held up. Like it was wild, obviously not expected, but like, holy shit. All about it. And I mean, they must have had some of those great Nexus products in there because that hair to hold the volume with the onstage presence mm-hmm. and just keep it all back. I bet it was a masterpiece to create and fun. Yeah. So go to the tease.com, check out exactly what Bob used um, and let us know if you're going to recreate that look at, at home for a client. We want to see it. Tag us. Let's see. Oh, maybe I could recreate it just for a little hot take too for our friends. We're getting we're getting told that Kelly might be recreating this for the pod. Um, so stay tuned. That might be a, a future clip. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Beyonce just gave us a first look at her upcoming hair care brand, Sacred. Beehive, 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 get your wallets ready because Beyonce's forthcoming hair care brand is dropping way sooner than you think. On Tuesday evening, Queen Bay took to Instagram to announce her new line, Sacred, will be launching later this month. The singer shared the announcement with an Instagram reel, which featured a projector set up against a screen showing various clips of Bay, along with other women with various hair textures, getting their hair washed, teased, and styled. This video also shared a few clips of women working in the salon named Headliner's Hair Salon, a nod to the salon her mother, Tina Knowles, owned in Houston, which I love that. She captioned the post, hair is sacred. The journey begins February 20th. At this time, no other details have been shared because I have been combing the internet, looking for it. And to much avail, there's a few Reddit threads out there. But other than that, Mm -hmm. the details are pretty sealed. So what do we think about this? You know, um, how do you think stylists are going to receive this new line coming from a celebrity? We know that celebrities are launching lines all the time. Is this different because of her mother's experience? Jeff, let's hear what you think about it. I think this is different, yes. Um, It seems like Beyonce could have sort of worked to private label literally any product. And certainly she's not needing the cash. Yeah, no. I mean, we all understand that like she's done pretty well for herself. I think that it's a situation of like she waited for the right time and like, why the hell not? Uh, There are plenty. I mean, I understand the criticism. Mm -hmm. There are so many awful brands out there 
that just don't work from a performance perspective and are cashing in on the celebrity. I don't think that that's what we're going to have um, with this offering. And like calling it sacred, I think like she understands the sort of importance and seriousness of like what this proposition means. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that it's going to be well received by stylists, by pros. Um, certainly I would imagine that she's going to want consumers to purchase. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's going to be done the right way. I'm hopeful. Um, and we'll see. I mean, like, we don't know exactly what the assortment's going to be, um, to the extent that it's, you know, Karen said, like, we'll see. Yeah. But I'm, I'm hopeful. What about you? We do. I mean, I think she does everything from a high quality perspective. So she's not going to just slap her name on something that's going to be just like a meh, you know, just packaged product. I'm going to put my name on it and call it good. So I think that, you know, she stands for making people feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's what she preaches. And this is just another element of self-care and feeling great. And it's a nod back to her mom, right? We know that they've been close. Like I was going to say, it's so authentic. I'm sure she did her hair and everybody's hair back in the day. And it was a ritual, literally. And it was something very sacred and kind of growing up with a mother who's a hairdresser. Maybe this was in the works all the time, you know, for many years. Maybe this was in the works. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I feel like you're exactly right about that. Um, we're all so excited. So let's let's see. I mean, we're all going to discover this brand together, which is even cooler, I think. Nice that we got like a heads up. I mean, she's known for this like surprise drop. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. Don't you wonder what what like two twenty twenty four? 24? Like, I wonder why February 20th. <laughs> that makes me what because, you know, there's some branding genius out there going, hmm, maybe that's the day that her mom was born. Who knows? I mean, we've got to know these details. Yeah. And we'll report back once we find out. Yes, we will. Uh, <laughs> and a beautiful segue. Thank you so much to our hardworking and wonderful editors for this week's beauty news. And don't forget to check out more stories on the tease.com, including importantly, the Naha 2024 finalist announcement. Um, our team dove into every single category. We linked out to all of the finalists, which was a task of love. Um, and yeah, check them out because they deserve all of the attention for the incredible artistry that they demonstrated. So can't wait for people to see that one. Next up, our interview with Tiana Dillagard. Tiana is a licensed hairstylist and a sought after freelance session hair and makeup artist. We're gonna get into it coming up next. Tiana Dillagard discovered her talent for hair and beauty at an early age. Starting her journey in her cousin's salon, Tiana spent weekends washing hair, braiding, and honing her skills. By the time she was 16, she delved into the world of makeup, getting booked particularly for prom hair and makeup. Tiana's dedication to her craft has evolved into a mission to bring happiness and confidence to women. During her grandmother's time in a nursing home, Tiana found comfort in bringing joy to the other ladies by styling their hair and making them feel beautiful. Today, Tiana is a licensed hairstylist and sought-after freelance session hair and makeup artist. Her portfolio includes work with high fashion models, renowned designers, and executives. Her clientele extends to pop singer Ilvana Giata, model DeAndre Forrest, Mimi Tao, Chuck Collins, fashion brand Atelier Indigo, and many more. Working in two salons located in Jamaica, Queens, and Park Slope, Brooklyn, Tiana welcomes clients of all ethnicities, hair textures, and styles. Committed to continuous growth, she stays dedicated to learning and evolving in the dynamic hair and makeup industry, driven by the desire to excel in her craft. Tiana Dillagard is on a mission to create stunning transformations one client at a time. On February 13th, she takes center stage as the key hairstylist for the highly anticipated Laurence Bass New York Fashion Week show. Her team will showcase their expertise using hair tools from Nikki Clark and styling products from Pure O Natural and ORS. 
Tiana, welcome to the Volume Up Podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. How's it going? Good. Everything is good. I was trying to make it on time today. <laughs> and you are here. We are so excited to have you. Um, if you could, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into editorial and fashion styling, because not everyone goes down that trajectory. Um, and I'm sure that our listeners are going to want to hear how. Okay, so um, it's crazy because I, I guess you could say I kind of... I don't want to say stumbled on it, but in a way, yes. Okay. So when I first came out um, doing fashion, I worked with a lady, I have to tell, say who she is, Maria Cunier, and she's actually a um, fashion consultant and, and, you know, stylist. She does all of it. She models as well. So she was my first client who I worked, worked with, and that was like my stepping stone into the fashion industry. So um, when I worked with her, we actually did, it's so funny how like the universe works because we actually did a um, Marilyn Monroe shoot. No, sorry. The first one was actually preparing her for fashion week. So I did like a nice updo mm -hmm. and like a flipped ponytail. She loved it. I did like a classic makeup look with, with her, a, a red lip because that's her signature. And she loves Marilyn Monroe. I grew up loving Marilyn Monroe too. Icon. Um, the second shoot we did was a Marilyn Monroe shoot, mm. like honoring Marilyn Monroe at the TWA Hotel. You know, if you, I don't know if you ever been to the TWA Hotel. No. It's in Queens and it's like a vintage hotel. It's right by JFK Airport. Mm. So it's like real vintage 60s. And, you know, I've always loved pinup. Um, I'm actually a wig maker. That's like my specialty. So I made a Marilyn Monroe wig for her. And, um, yeah, I literally like transformed her into Marilyn Monroe. So now when I say the universe works crazy is because I had a Marilyn Monroe bag, patent leather bag with, do you know how the um, magazines used to look? And they had like 10 cents or five cents. Mm -hmm. Yep. She was wearing all red. The bag was like a patent leather blue and it had Marilyn Monroe on the um, frame, of course. And I kind of dug this bag out like seven years later. I was like, wow, that's so crazy, you know? And this actually was featured in four different magazines on the cover. Wow. Front page cover, Vigor Magazine, Marika Magazine, Style Cruise, and I forgot the other one. Did I say four? Anyway, so it blew up. Wow. Ah, that's so cool. So then... Talk to us about how you got into fashion styling specifically. Um, so you, you talked about this sort of on set life and creating a vibe, mm -hmm. um, which were ultimately used for for covers, which is very exciting. Um, runway shows and presentations, a little bit of a different beast. Uh, so how did that come about where you sort of got into that aspect? Into runway? Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I guess just having that work and people seeing that work. Mm -hmm. like oh hey do you want to do new york fashion week i said of course sure and that's how it works you know um and then from there of course you know i've been doing it ever since <laughs> so but like i said that was a stepping stone mm -hmm. into the whole new york fashion week runway stuff but it's funny because i used to model and i did runway as well this is when i was like 17 18 mm -hmm. and then you know i kind of went on the other side with like doing hair and makeup when you were on the modeling side, did you envision that you could maybe flip to 
the hairstyling side or was that not? Yeah, I was already doing it. So I, you know, it was working hand in hand, Mm. you know? Mm. Well, not everybody has that perspective of having been in the chair and then behind the chair, which is kind of insane. Um, But I'm sure that this has then fueled a lot of what you've been able to do and the success that you've had, um, which is unique and pretty cool, I'd say. Um, Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, you've referred to it as stepping stones, Um, like your first show, your first New York Fashion Week show. um, If it was runway, for example, what was that like for you? Like, how were you feeling? Were you prepped? Did you think that you had an idea, but it turned out to be something totally different? I, I feel like that would be interesting to know. So I would say my first big, big fashion show was in Harlem. Mm. It was me and two other artists, um, two makeup artists. I was doing makeup as well. And we had 40 models. So the other makeup artist, she had to leave early. And it was just two of us now, two. So we had to, you know, from there, we literally, we had to bang it out with all, what, 39 models. You know, but we did it and it was big. Okay. Yeah. Beyonce's there. You know, there was a few big, big people there. So it was, um, it was like an African themed, um, runway show. And, you know, it was like tribal dots and, you know, but glamour at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was cool. But by the time I was done, I was so tired, but we did it. I think that people don't necessarily understand that aspect. Like they, they think about the, the sort of glamour and it can be glamorous, but I mean, you said it, uh, sometimes things fall through, mm-hmm. people leave, you got to make it work. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that sort of need to be flexible um, when you're backstage and things are going a different way. How do you stay in a mindset where you're able to execute the working and get it done? Um, I don't know. It's like, I'm kind of, good at working under pressure, Mm. you know, and I like a challenge. So I don't look at it in that way. Like even with working in the hair salon, you know, I threw it, um, I threw an event like a Valentine's day event, Mm -hmm. you know, build up clientele, of course. And, you know, it's Valentine's day. Some people don't have Valentine's, so they just still want to look good for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it was literally just me. I think one of the other stylists, she didn't want to be involved or whatever. And I was probably with maybe 11 clients mm. and I banged all 11 clients on my own mm. doing height braids. Like I was doing everything blowouts. I did it. So I think, like I said, I'm good at managing all of this. Stuff. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's maybe interested in getting into New York fashion week or any of the fashion weeks, I mean, there's a million of them all over um, doing incredible productions how should one prepare for that? Um, You're talking about like, you've got a certain amount of tenacity to like see things through. Um, What other skills do you think are needed for someone who's like trying to be successful at working behind the scenes? Um, I would say it's more like a mindset, you know, you can't overwhelmed and think, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. And with doing hair and makeup, I don't look at it like a job. Mm. It's something I love to do. So that's how I work through it. So that person has to have the same feeling that I do. You have to love what you're doing. And if you don't love what you're doing, guess what? You're going to freak out. You're not going to pull through. That's really all I can say. Mm. All right. Well, talk to us a little bit about, I mean, Fashion Week is just around the corner. Mm-hmm. So you're prepping for Laurence Boss. Yes. What has this experience been like for you? Like, how do you start to conceptualize these looks? How many conversations are you having? Like, I feel like the creative process to our listeners is going to be really interesting. 
Yeah. So me and the um, director of the show, we're working hand in hand with this. You know? mm. And I brought on some really amazing brands and they're all Lawrence. Everybody's like super ecstatic over this, over the, the brands that I'm bringing in. Shout out to Maria and Nikki Clark, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, the girls are going to be excited. I try to keep it a secret, but everybody's like really excited that, of course, they want to spill the beans already. But, you know, we have different artists coming from different places. Mm. Literally a few coming from not overseas, obviously, but states away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just I love obviously having opportunities brung to me and I want to return the favor. That's what it's about. Oh, I love that. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about bringing some brands, working hand in hand with um, folks at the the design team. Um, curious, like how how much time do you have to prep? How much time do you have to sort of think through? Like, these are going to be the key looks. Is this again weeks in advance, days in advance, day of? If for some reason you like feel differently, I, I want to understand that. Um, I kind of did everything in crunch time, mm. you know. Literally, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I only have 30 days to yeah. get all my sponsors. And every sponsor that I got first was Nikki Clark that I reached out to. They said, yes, I was super excited. Um, we have other brands. You know, we have a range of different ethnicities. So I wanted to kind of versatile in that. Mm-hmm. The blow dryers are number one, of course. Everybody uses blow dryers. Mm-hmm. I have ORS hair company, which they, you know, curls, we have, you know, natural hair, people with curls, we're going to have guys and girls. Mm. So I want to make everybody's catered to. And then because I do a lot of braids and things like that, most likely, I don't know what the mood is going to be yet. I'm actually getting that at the end of this week. So now I have to figure it out. Mm. But um, one of the other brands that I've been using for like the longest time, Puro Natural, they're like a, a braiding gel company and they're like all natural. It's like the holy grail when it comes to braiding, you know? So I bought all of these brands that I that I love on board and everybody's super excited. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see this. I know that it's going to be really incredible stuff. I can't wait. I do want to touch on something you talked about, which I think everybody's going to be excited about, which is sort of preparing for different hair textures. Um, there's been a lot of controversy uh, with New York Fashion Week and social media in particular, um, models of color posting about how hairstylists don't know how to work with their hair, don't come with the proper products, um, tools, appliances, knowledge, skills, expertise. So I'm curious. I mean, you mentioned that it's important to you um, to have all of these things thought through and for people to feel their best. Um how how are you feeling about the evolution of where we're at for New York Fashion Week? Have things improved or is this like, a again, lead stylist to lead stylist making these determinations? Um, who is the responsibility falling to? The responsibility definitely has to go to the lead hairstylist. You know, it's our job to put everybody's hair into consideration. Mm. You know, I've seen like in the past where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is way before I did Fashion Week. I'm like, they need me. What are they doing? <laughs> I mean, that's that's been the, the real question. Like, what are they doing? Um, <laughs> and you talked about how it's important that you're picking people that are looking for opportunities because you had been given some opportunities. Um, are you looking out for people who've got this skill set to work with all textures? I imagine you are. I'd love to hear about that. 
I actually have people who probably don't know as much as I do, but I'll send in that direction. Mm -hmm. You know, so, okay, you don't know how to braid. You could focus on the guys grooming, mm -hmm. or you could focus on, you know, um, we have girls who do black women's hair. So, okay, guys, you're in that area. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as me, I'll be working on the main model. So she has a hair, hair texture, same as me, mm. you know, where it's, you know, it's easy, but I work, I literally kind of, I, I still have a lot to learn, but I feel like I've somewhat, I would say like 75 to 85%. I've kind of mastered what I do. Mm. I literally work with all textures, mm. you know? Well, not everybody does, which has been the issue. Right. And I think that it's so important that you're talking about sort of scales of where you're feeling. Um, and there's always an opportunity for for learning, for increased education. That's come up a ton on this podcast. And I think it's important that someone like yourself is saying, like, it is absolutely something that I'm thinking through. It is absolutely something that I want to make sure to sort of put people where they can do the best work and the least harm, because often that's not what people are thinking um and we've all seen those social media i mean like the tiktoks of those poor models where you're like my god i just what what and why in past new york fashion week you know obviously i wasn't the lead for that i was just you know doing fashion week so it's not like i could say oh my gosh i could like i could speak up on behalf of the assistant or the key assistant mm -hmm. i'm like these girls they need help please say do something say something and i just you know few of the models i felt bad for because i'm like that's not it yeah <laughs> so some work to be done um but it's encouraging to see that there are people like yourself that are being mindful about these things and we hope that there will be more people like you given these opportunities that make things happen um such that all models are feeling and looking their best when they're walking down these runways and in these presentations because that's what it's all about, ultimately, you know? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit about what is in your kit. Um, you've mentioned some brands. Obviously, Nikki Clark, we're excited about their participation in the Laurence Boss show. Um, but, you know, what are the things that you have to have with you in order to be prepared for anything when you're at New York Fashion Week? Yes. Okay. So, you, of course, you, number one, you have to have combs, different types of combs for detangling, parting i have detangling combs i have combs that part i have um brushes of course um detanglers spray detanglers um you need bobby pins rubber bands sectioning clips of course always bring braiding hair because you never know We've we've we talked about this with a couple of people who are just like you got to bring it because you don't know what people are going to have what they're not going to have so yeah so definitely bring braid in here in all colors um what else sprays you need holding sprays mm -hmm. you need curling irons straighteners you need everything like that you just got to be prepared mm. have you been in a position where Maybe there's a liquid or styling sponsor that does not have the effectiveness that you're looking for to execute a style. Has that ever been a thing? Um, often we hear about sponsorships where, you know, it's insert product line and it's maybe not going to work for everybody. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Yeah, um, somewhat, you know, um, I guess I've been given a, a spray or 
something like that where I'm like, okay, this is it's not really going to work for everybody's hair, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's why I say you have to kind of be prepared and bring what you can bring for each ethnicity because it's a variety of different um, ethnicities that's involved. Mm -hmm. What is some of the styles that you're like most fondest of? Like when you look back at the work that you've done um, editorially or for Fashion Weeks, like what are some styles where you're like, wow, that's really something that I'm proud of, um, that I like, that I think like stands the test of time? Because, you know, some styles you're like, ah, that was for a moment, but it's maybe not something that holds up. You know, because obviously Fashion Week is really crazy and you have to work in a time frame. Mm -hmm. Um I've done like stitch braids for a show. Mm -hmm. This was for um, Chuck Collins show. I don't know if you ever heard of, do you know Chuck Collins? Yes. Yep. So Chuck Collins show and the look was braids, Corn, you know, cornrows going back. So I kind of did something different because I'm a, I'm a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what fashion week's about. So we were supposed to do cornrows going back, but I'm like, that's too boring. So I did like a zigzag where it was going like this way, but guess what? She loved it and she kept it in for a long time. And then she's like, you know what? Cause she lives in Maryland. When I come back, I need you to do my hair again. So everybody that you meet, you have to make a good impression when it comes to doing their hair. Cause guess what? These are potential clients as well. Mm. Does that happen often where you're maybe styling like a model or personality for an event that turns into a longtime client? I, I feel like people maybe don't think about that. Yes. You know, like I said, everywhere I go with a lot of fashion events or photo shoots, sometimes, you know, you're doing collaborations, but I go because these are potential clients. And I'm, I put my best foot forward. I'm like, okay, you're going to be calling me because you're going to need something from me. So make sure you save my number. Well, let's do something. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that forward thinking. Um, how else should stylists prep? I mean, you're talking a lot about like, you got to be ready. You got to be flexible. You got to be fast on your feet. Things are going to change. Um, what are other things that people can prep for um, if they're maybe coming to New York Fashion Week and doing some styling for the first time? Should we be sleeping really well, avoiding the champagne, drinking lots of water. Like what's your pro tips? Okay. So you need to drink some coffee before you start in the morning. <laughs> okay. All right. Seems pretty understandable. Usually there is food on set, but I've been to a situation where I'm like, okay, I'm starving right now. And obviously I can't leave because I'm working. Yeah. Where's food? You know what I mean? So there has to be food involved. You have to prep yourself like that. Yes, you do need sleep because you're dealing with so much personalities. You're dealing with different energies and that stuff drains you. Mm. You know, you have to be calm and relaxed. Even if you do like a little meditation in the night or something like that, you still have to prepare yourself for that. Because like I said, you're dealing with different personalities, different energies. And by the end of the day, you're going to be drained. Mm. Talk to us a little bit about like run of show. Um, people, again, glamorize what this all looks like. And it is glamorous. Like, to be clear, we all love it for a reason. Um, but call times versus show time. Um, what does a, a day backstage look like? Um, like, for example, the Lawrence Bow show that you're going to be doing. What are we expecting? Um, how many hours are we, we talking about from start to, to finish? So the call time, I'm not sure what the call time is going to be right now even though we're like literally a week away, all that stuff is, is coming soon. Um, 
call time, I think, should be at least three hours ahead. Mm -hmm. So you could prep. You may have a girl that comes in with natural hair and you need that time to detangle and do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. That takes time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's an hour, 30 minutes, however you work. Sometimes people come late or they're like, oh, you know, so this, you need enough time to get there. So I would say three to four hours beforehand, definitely. Mm. But as far as me, I've never been late for a call time. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you would be. Um, so what happens after the show's wrapped? Um, what is sort of like teardown striking look like? Um, are you supposed to get out right away? Like, I mean, sometimes there's turnover with venues. Talk to us a little bit about what that's like. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the shows that I've done was at Spring Studios. Mm -hmm. So, of course, with Spring Studios around New York Fashion Week, <clears throat> immediately after the show is done, everybody leaves. Pack up, guys. You got to go. You know? And that's how it is. Take your little last pictures. But they're very, like, punctual about being out on time. Yeah. As far as the space, it's going to be different because it's at the Paramount Building. Mm -hmm. you, you know, the place is huge. It's 40,000 square feet. There's going to be over 400 people there. So this show is like way bigger than any show that I've ever done. Wow. Yeah. Which is exciting. Congrats. This is a big deal. And we're all very looking forward to seeing how all, all of this turns out. Um, you just mentioned something about getting your little photos. Um, we know <laughs> stylists increasingly, I, we, but we're joking about it, but it's also real life. Those before and after pics demonstrating the work um, is increasingly so important to building up an online presence and a portfolio, helps you to get new jobs, um, to book more in the future. What are your tips for making sure that people find time to document some of that stuff? Um, because we know when it gets crazy backstage, that's not necessarily what people are thinking about. Um, but then, you know, you miss the opportunity for, you know, some solid connections um, or business development in the future if you don't get that. It's true. So, you know, with me, I'm a content creator too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube, TikTok. So what I do is the, the video could be at least five seconds. Take a quick picture, boom. If you need a video, just take five seconds, 10 seconds, and then put it all together mm -hmm. and do your edits after. That's how it works. So follow me on on, on um, TikTok. I was going to say, so drop the links. All right, let's let's be clear. Uh, where can people find you? Okay, so on YouTube, it's The Glitter Dynasty. So I have more stuff coming. I've been, you know, with all these social media accounts, I'm trying to keep up. We all are. Okay, but Dynasty on YouTube, The Glitter Dynasty on TikTok, and then The Glitter Dynasty underscore D-Y-N-S-T-Y underscore on um, Instagram. Amazing. And we will make sure that all of them are linked in the show notes. We'll make it easy for everybody to find you. No problem. All right. So big things, obviously, in store New York Fashion Week around the corner, which we, again, are so incredibly excited for you and can't wait to see the looks. Um, but beyond Fashion Week, um, what's in store for 2024? Um, I think 2024 is already being good to me. So I just have to add, wait and see what 2024 has in store. Okay. I don't know. Can you tease any, uh, is there any projects that are maybe coming that we could know? Get some? Yes, I do have in May, I have a um, 
Ryan Dice, he's also a designer. He makes shoes and like cardigans like this. So he has a coffee book coming out mm. in May. So that's going to be big. I actually worked on two projects with him doing hair. So I can't wait for all the, you know, pictures. And it's going to be like a big, he says it's going to be like a gala that he's doing. And, you know, big people are going to be there. So that's coming soon. Um, I have projects that I'm already dropping right now. I worked with a designer. Her name is, um, we work a, a lot together. Mason Earth. Mm -hmm. Olga, her name is. She's a Russian designer. She makes perfume. And she also makes dresses, shoes. So I have a few projects already on my page, but we have more content to come out as well. Nice. And then I'm actually in the works of doing my own shoe, um, the Glitter Dynasty shoe. And of course, everything has to be glittery. I have a few models involved soon. So I don't have a, dra a date dropped yet, but that's in the works. And then I have... Um, I'm brainstorming some podcast ideas, actually. All right. So I have a, um, a friend, her name is Estelle, and she's also a big makeup artist as well. So we're supposed to be doing our um, podcast called the, um, Hey Bestie. <laughs> All right. Hey Bestie. I love it. And my own podcast that I'm trying to work on as well separately is going to be called Glitter's Corner. Boom. All right. Big things for 2024. I'm excited for you. Um, and we will check back in with all of those updates. Um, all right. So before we let you go, we're going to do our quick takes. Okay. These are the questions we ask of all of our guests. So try not to think about it for too long. That's part of the fun. The first question that we got, what is the most unique style or fashion trend that you ever embraced? You said you were a rebel, so I'm hoping that it was something cool. What do we got? Um, Something cool. Um, I would say definitely, like like I mentioned before, the Marilyn Monroe wig that I made. Mm. That was, you know, that was something that, like, I've always wanted to do. Mm. And this is way before I started making wigs. So just that project alone was, like, it was dope. And it blew up. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff I look at, like, regular braiding and, you know, um, ponytails. That's easy, everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. That Marilyn Monroe wig, everybody was like, oh my gosh, is that, that's a wig? <laughs> you know? I would say that something like that, yeah. Amazing. What was the worst haircut that you ever remember having? And when was it? Having or doing on someone? Well, maybe both. If you remember something that went wrong that you were responsible for, I'd like to hear about that too. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm kind of like getting into... I know. Okay. So I know how to do shape ups, of course, on men. I have a husband and I have a son. So that has to, you know, yep. boys are like close to $30. So sometimes I have to fix that up, but that's not the problem. Um, I'm actually getting into male grooming. So, you know, I have to, I practice on someone and I was trying to do blending with scissors mm -hmm. and I kind of like chopped off the side. I was, like, God. I was like, do you like it? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I left it. Of course. I was like, are you sure? And he like still gave me a $20 tip. I was like, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, yeah. relatable. I mean, you got to learn somewhere. <laughs> I know. Did he, did he come back? That's the question. 
Not yet. <laughs> There's still time. All right. So you talked about being a content creator. Um, this next question is about phone screen time. Is it a high number that we're looking at or is it a low number? Are you constantly looking at your phone or are you sort of putting it away? Not for now, not forever. I'm always on my phone. I, I like to play bingo on my phone if I'm not on Instagram or like looking at TikTok videos, making videos. My screen time is probably like um probably like sixteen hours, I think. Okay. I mean, there's no wrong answers. Nobody's judging here. That's why we're asking. I'm like an old lady when it comes to playing bingo. So that's literally like that takes up my time. And I get paid for it. So, <laughs> so there's that. There's that. All right. What is your earliest memory of your job as a cosmetologist? Like, what is the thing where you're like, that's a core, can't get it out of my brain? My earliest memory. My earliest memory, I would say, was, well, you know, in my bio, I actually started doing makeup really young. So I, I did do um, makeup for proms and things like that. I had clients at 16 doing makeup and, and things like that. So they would book me. They loved my stuff. So that that's my earliest memory. I love that. All right, last question. Imagine that you could teleport anywhere. Where would you go right now? Will it be like, is it a time frame? It could be time, it could be place, it could be literally anything. We've had every kind of imaginable combination of answers. Okay. Um, I would definitely teleport back to the um i like like i said i like that 19 i think it's the 1920 like the marilyn monroe era mm. i loved her time i think i would want to teleport back then mm. okay i could see it amazing the old school new york like that time you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah well, we're willing to go there with you. Um, Tiana, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure chatting with you. One last time before we let you go, where can people find you online? Um, and reminder, this will all be in the show notes. Okay. So on Instagram, um, Glitter Dynasty, Glitter, D-Y-N-S-T-Y underscore. For YouTube, the Glitter Dynasty, spelled regular, regular D-Y-N-N-A-S-T-Y. And on TikTok, same way the glitter dynasty boom all right we love that thank you so much no problem i'm hopeful that people are going to take away some of the prep work that she talked a lot about right um some of the product i mean i thought that that was so cool that she was saying like these are exactly the things that i'm packing and what people should be prepared for um it's interesting to really get into the new york fashion week of it all from a key hairstylist perspective. I mean, often we talk about people that have been there and the sort of craziness, but I mean, she's the architect of a lot of these looks, um, which is pretty insane. Love to hear it. A great interview. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for the custom volume up theme song and putting together the graphics for this episode.